Hello, everyone, and welcome to our next episode of CHRO Quick Talks. My name is Belen Gomez. I am the Vice President of Strategic Initiatives at Equilar, and it is truly my pleasure to welcome today's guest. I'm joined by Tracy Ting. Tracy is the Chief Human Resources Officer at Encore Capital Group. Combined, she has over 30 years of experience in finance and human resources, so a wealth of experience and insights to share with our listeners today. So Tracy, thank you for taking the time to join us. Thanks, Belen. I'm ha- I'm happy to be here, and hello to all the listeners. Excellent. Well, Tracy, as you know, we have a lot to cover in a very short amount of time, so I want to dive straight into the questions and the topics that we're going to cover today. We've talked a lot about the elevated, increased engagement that CHROs are seeing with their board, with their compensation committee, really with the onset of the pandemic a focus on social justice issues, increased transparency around human, human capital management metrics in terms of disclosure. I would love to get your insights in terms of what you're seeing from your perspective, what you're experiencing at Encore with your own board in terms of that increased engagement. Yeah, as far as the engagement with the board is concerned, I would say the conversations have really opened up much more in the past two to three years, right? Whether at the beginning, I remember discussing with the board, things like employee safety, getting people to effectively and productively work from home, or setting up new work protocols to meet um, customer needs or business needs, to social justice, which our whole country faced into bringing diversity, equity, and inclusion to the forefront of many not just personal, but professional conversations for the first time, Um, to employee wellness, uh, mental wellness, especially being a very real challenge affecting employee productivity and engagement. And as a topic, finally getting the attention it deserves um, to more recently, many versions of conversations around the great resignation, which is a term we're all very familiar with. And I remember uh, a Gardner study last year on employee sentiments, where I think the top two questions or scores went to these two questions. I'm just gonna read it real quick because I thought it was interesting. Um, The pandemic has made me rethink the place that work should have in my life. And the pandemic has made me long for a bigger change in my life. I think many of these were new things that companies and boards were forced to face into, Never mind all of them colliding together at once. Another data point that I wanna highlight is uh, one of the key findings in the 2021 PwC annual corporate director survey was that talent management topped the list of areas that boards believe needed more attention and more time in the boardroom. And for the first time, talent management beat out strategy oversight. So as a CHRO at my current and prior companies, you know, I engage heavily with the board as well as the compensation committee, as well as the nominating governance committee of the board. Um, in the compensation committee at my company, we've had a number of um, metrics. You, you mentioned um, metrics and transparency. We've had a number of metrics in our bonus plan that we built um, over the years and it changes each year. Our, our bonus plan is set up like a balanced scorecard, which allows us to incorporate a variety of important strategic metrics. So in, in the human capital space, we've incorporated metrics like around inclusion, employee net promoter score, employee engagement score, diversity in leadership, um, and more recently, employee turnover. 
Um, in, that, in that same bonus plan, we've also worked with the comp committee and the non-gov committee to think through bonus plan metrics through an ESG lens. So ESG, as you all know, stands for environmental, social, and governance, which is another newer area that came into the spotlight more recently and really um, externally putting, putting on companies to have to take accountability around it. So um, at many companies, ESG falls under the oversight of the non-gov com committee of the board and my company too. So not only are investors asking for more metrics and disclosures, the SEC is also leaning in that direction as well. Um, and some clients and regulators are asking too. And don't forget, employees and prospective employees also want to know if the company they work at or um, are looking to work for is a strong corporate steward. So what I have found is human capital shows up not only at the board level, but it also actually shows up in virtually all board committees in some shape or form. So in the comp committee, I talked about compensation plan metrics. In the non-gov committee, it, it would show up in succession planning conversations or in ESG. In audit and risk committee discussions as well around different types of people risk or ESG risk. So when you put all this together, this is really exciting for a CHRO. Um, what that brings to light is that a strong partnership with your CEO, with your board and the committee chairs on human capital topics, it's so important to support the transparent conversations that should be taking place at the board level. And they're happening more and more. Um, and I think these increased and deeper levels of board discussion, not only are we doing them more, they're actually, I think I found them to go deeper, which is really great, is that um, these types of discussions at the board level further validate that human capital is truly seen as a strategic driver of the business. Tracy, I want to dive in a bit more, talk a bit more about your board and key in on the points you made on the focus on diversity. When I was preparing for our interview, and we, we've touched on this briefly outside of this conversation, the diversity of the Encore Capital Group Board is over 50% diverse in terms of women representation, um, ethnic minority representation. And I would love to hear about the intentionality behind that and your involvement in that effort, how you've seen that evolve over the years and really how you've seen that permeate in many points of the discussion that you just mentioned at your company. Yeah, that's a great question, Valon. Thank you. Um, and there are many studies out there that point to the correlation of increasing diversity to a higher performing organization. So in that same 2021 PwC annual corporate director survey I mentioned earlier, I, um, there was another data point that I thought was interesting. Um, it spoke to, I think it was 33% of directors in 2021 believe that diversity or diversity will simply happen naturally. Um, that's a 30 some odd percent drop from the 2020 survey of the same question where the number was much higher, like 70% or 71%. And so for me, that data point supports that the shift uh, around diversity has to be intentional because it's not gonna happen um, naturally. And by intentional, we're seeing more and more in different ways, right? So search criteria for new board members now typically cover three areas um, that I've seen and I'll, I'll list them out in no particular order. So one is industry experience, two is some sort of operational or key functional expertise. And more recently, a third criteria, which is around diversity, racial or ethnic diversity. 
Um, my board is proud of being 50% diverse and we'll continue our board diversity journey. So just because we hit that mark doesn't mean we're done. We'll continue to really embrace the notion of, of diversity being important. Um, I mentioned board searches. Those are typically handled by the non-gov committee of the board. And as far as intentionality of diversity, I think as a CHRO, you can play a really strong partnership role with the non-gov committee with, with the board in two ways. Um, and um, one, as a partner, when we're looking for a new board member, and this not this doesn't just include the search itself, but it and to the extent that you're selecting a search firm that you're working with, if you're using one, you want that firm to also align to the DNI principles of your company and your board. I think that's really important. Um, another area of the board um, board work that a CHRO does is. Um, when the board undertakes board effectiveness work. So this is an area where board looks to enhance their own effectiveness and performance um, as a fiduciary body and also as an advisory body um, to management. And so this is an area where I think DNI principles can play a role in how the board interacts with each other and with management. And, um, and the last part of your question, Balan, was about how this has permeated the broader diversity initiatives at Encore. So I think it has in a number of ways, and I'll just speak to one example. Um, we have talent dialogue with our board regularly. So as an example, executive um, succession planning at my company sits with the non-gov committee. And every year we dedicate um, a good amount of time to have a robust dialogue with the non-gov committee about talent review and development. So with, and that area is about growth and building capabilities and succession planning, which is about uh, mitigating risk. And so here we specifically highlight diversity, especially gender diversity in our leadership incumbent group, as well as our future pipeline. So our successor pipeline group. Um, and we include this as part of what I call our talent SWOT analysis that we talk with the board about and share with the board. Um, and so what is even more positive is this talent review succession planning presentation that I mentioned that I lead with the non-gov committee each year. For the past couple of years, we've also grew that into a second discussion with the full board so that the full board is also hearing um, and dialogue, not just hearing, but they're really participating and joining in the discussion and helping us think through this. Um, and so this is how much our board is interested in this important topic. So, so I'm really thrilled with that. I love the concept, Tracy, of the talent SWAT. I haven't yet come across that. So uh, look forward to, to learning more about that. So we've talked a lot about different topics, issues, areas where CHROs and their role are increasing in their focus or their engagement with the board. But just thinking more broadly, would love to get your perspective on what you think as an HR executive, the biggest challenge is that companies are dealing with that you are addressing and how you're addressing that as the most senior HR executive at Encore? Yeah, great question. Um, I think the pandemic has really transformed how every organization looked at its people, its capabilities, its business, its operations. And you add on to that the test of how every company will have to continue to navigate the VUCA world. Um, VUCA stands for volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. I remember hearing that term over 10 years ago and using that term, and then it kind of went away for a little while, and then it came back in full force very recently. 
Um, and if you think about the VUCA world, how do you handle it? You have to handle it with nimbleness, agility, and openness, right? And on top of that, I think no one can assume we can go back to the way of how we worked before 2020. We're all trying to figure out what the future has lined up for us and face into this post-pandemic next normal. And as I was preparing for your question, um, and this is a look forward question. And so I think there are four areas I would highlight that I think HR leaders are, are dealing with. So the first one is really just virtually every company is thinking about the future of work and writing their new playbooks, right? What and how the future of work will look, what new capabilities they need to build, what existing capabilities they don't need to grow, and how to do things smarter, better, faster. The second point I think is many companies are looking at their culture and redefining it. If they're not redefining it, they're clarifying it in some shape or form. Um, the culture we had before and during the pandemic, it's definitely evolved because our worker mindset has shifted. I think culture has to be more intentional now and going forward more than ever. And I would encourage, um, if you're not measuring culture in a systematic way, I would encourage companies to start. I think that's really important to really get that level of data, especially how fast the world is moving. The third point with the world today, I think where there is a rise in the voices, rise in acknowledgement in the voices of the employees, I think work can no longer be seen primarily through the eyes of the employers. You know, with that, I think, I, I think what's important is we have to make human capital more human. I don't know if that makes sense, but I'm a huge believer in the voices of the people and co-creating human capital programs and approaches with our people. I think, I think of the concept of making human capital more human, especially acknowledging that the voices of the employees are so critical in, to every organization's success now is I think that that notion of making human capital more human is a necessity for a sustainable competitive advantage for getting top talent, um, as well as for a company to really build a strong employee value proposition. Um, the, the last point I would say is, or I would make here, it's around ESG. I mentioned ESG earlier, I'm gonna say this again. I think ESG will continue to play a larger role at our board and leadership conversations. I think the notion of sustainability will become more embedded into companies' strategic planning and thinking if they aren't already. I think, you know, for HR, a lot of this will show up through the less the S lens of ESG, um, and HR leaders can really play a critical role to address that broader external appetite for more disclosures. And so here, you'll see it playing out in disclosures of of more, more and more people metrics. So whether that be around employee engagement, turnover, um, people development, DE&I, compensation, as well as community and social impact. So I think those four points are, um, are probably top of mind for, for many CHROs, certainly including me. I want to come back to one of the earlier statements you made, Tracy, as, as we uh, come upon the, the end of our interview here with the last question is just how exciting the times are for HR and HR executives and, and really the opportunity ahead. So 
just as we wrap up, final words of wisdom, uh, advice, anything else that you would like to share with our listeners as they also embark and continue on their journey as, as CHROs and HR executives? Yeah, so I would say, especially now, it's so critical as a CHRO to not obviously have a great, um, strong relationship with them, with your CEO and management team, but to really build a strong relationship with your board and key committee chairs and board members that you interact with, really leverage these board members as management's advisors, right? Dialogue with them as frequently as you're able and bring topics to them for discussion. Don't feel like you're limited to a fixed agenda of some sort or that you're simply there as a management leader to, to answer questions. It, it's really up to us to bring these topics to light for, for dialoguing. I think, I think the best relationship that I've seen between management and boards that I've experienced is um, it, it, it's one when you're transparent and vulnerable, right? If things aren't going well, say so. Then, you know, it's our job to find a solution, build a plan and execute to the plan. I think it's really that simple. Easier said than done, but, but a, 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 a clear and straightforward framework. Tracy, I want to thank you again so much for your time, for sharing your insights, sharing your expertise. I know our listeners will definitely find value in what you've shared with us today. So thank you again. Thank you, Bella. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in for our uh, most recent episode of CHRO Quick Talks. If you'd like to learn more about upcoming episodes when they release, please subscribe to our CHRO Navigator newsletter and you will find the link at the end of this broadcast. Thank you so much.